Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people and using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet, contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. So... We hope people do all of that soon and often because it primarily improves the quality of people's lives as they apply these tools. And secondarily, it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call, 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, it'll put a little question mark, or uh, these days it'll put the icon of a hand by your phone number. 
and I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. You can also download a whole host of audio files of shows just like this one, where people have been stepped through the worksheet process. And if you choose to listen to those, they can serve as a powerful tutorial for you to get the maximum benefits from these tools in the shortest period of time. If you're not live, you're listening to this in the archives and you want to reach out to us, you can send an email, tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. You can also email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at whyagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n.org. So, here we are on a Tuesday. Um, was thinking about the uh, the show, and there are two two stories that come from two different teachers about when we're really, really stuck, and how we're really, really stuck from both of these traditions really amounts to resistance. And we will never be more stuck than when we are resisting the flow of life, when we're resisting what is. One story is about Mila Rippa. Mila Rippa was a very, very strong-willed spiritual seeker. And he went into a cave to meditate, to become enlightened. And he was so stubborn that when he didn't, have anything to eat he would go out and just eat nettles and turn green he would he would not leave his commitment to just stay and meditate and the story is that one day he went into his cave and um a bunch of demons had moved in and the demons were there in his cave and they were eating his food and they were playing with his bedding and they they wouldn't leave him alone. So he, you know, invited them to leave and he threatened them and, he, and nothing he did made any difference. The demons stayed. So eventually he sat down and just meditated right in the middle of them and just invited them to meditate with him. And sure enough, when he did that, all but one left. And so he looked at the one who hadn't gone, and he said, oh, so you're particularly stubborn. You're, you're really going to be hard to get rid of. And no matter how much he meditated, every time he opened his eyes, the demon was still there, and the demon was poking him while he was meditating. And, and so finally, in, in his every effort to just go with the flow and and to not resist and to to resist strongly nothing worked that that demon stayed until finally Milarepa said open your mouth and Milarepa just crawled in his mouth and said just chew me up just get it over with and then that demon finally left it wasn't until he allowed himself to be completely consumed chewed up spit out so to speak 
Guy Finley tells the story of a of a man who wakes up in a kingdom and there's an evil wizard in the kingdom. And the evil wizard had the ability to take any form he wanted and he found a particularly scary form. A gigantic mouth. A gaping maw like a dragon's head. But it was just a dragon head. And the teeth were flames. And it was just the scariest thing that anybody in that kingdom had ever seen and he found a way to weave this image into their dreams and so people were being terrorized by this and of course uh, the the wizard had abducted the princess in the kingdom and the king had sent out the word I need I need somebody to come and rescue the princess so this one young knight decided he was going to go rescue the princess and so, you know, he did all the work to earn the money to get the armor and and the best sword and the best shield and, you know, the dragon's breath was flame, so it had to be, you know, heat resistant and all of this. And it didn't matter what he did. The dragon always repelled him. And he he tried coming at it from above, dropping it off of a cliff. He tried sneaking around the back. He tried... You know, the, coming from the left side and the right side when paid somebody to distract the dragon so he could come in the other side away from the distraction, and nothing worked. Finally, one day he was standing in a park, and by then the dragon, the gaping maw, the image that the wizard was projecting was so big that you you could see this knight could see it everywhere he went. It was enormous. And as he stood there, absolutely baffled, all of a sudden he heard somebody clear their throat. And he looks over and there's a park bench. And sitting on the on the park bench is a, a, a wizard, a white wizard, a good wizard. And the wizard says, how's it going? And the young knight says, not so good as you can see. Right? I'm getting chewed up. I'm getting burned i'm getting knocked back every time i try to go rescue the princess and the wizard says i can see that i know how you can defeat this dragon this maw i know how you can defeat the wizard and rescue the princess and the knight says okay i'm game old man you know what what what's your, what's your story and, and the good wizard says, to defeat the dragon, you must enter the dragon. And the knight turns to look at this gaping maw and these flaming teeth and this, you know, it's right in front of the, the, the tower, the unscalable tower that the, the princess is being held in. And, and he says, come on, have you looked at this? Have you seen this thing? What do you mean, enter the dragon? And when he turns back to the good wizard on the bench, the wizard's gone. Which is the thing about wizards. They're never there when you really need them. And yet, they're always there when you need them. So, the young knight decides, well, there's nothing for it. I've tried everything else. I mean, this is the, the dumbest thing ever. I must be the dumbest person ever, but... 
I'm going to march into the mouth of the dragon. That's the only thing left to do. It's going to be the end of me. And then he starts stripping off his armor because if you're going to get, you know, barbecued or burned, all you know, you don't want the the metal just making it worse. I mean, it's going to kill me. Let's get over with. So he drops his shield. He drops his sword. He peels off the armor. And he's standing there in his underclothes, and he starts marching towards the the gaping maw. And as he marches towards the maw, the maw gets bigger, and the flames shoot up higher. And and then at the last minute, he decides, okay, there's nothing for it. And he just charges headlong right into the, the, the mouth of the dragon. And in the next moment, there's a flash, and the dragon's gone. The gaping maw is gone. And he's at the foot of the tower in front of an open door. And he walks in, walks up the stairs, rescues the princess, and gets half the kingdom. The Milarippa story is told with the the punchline that says, when the resistance is gone... So are the demons. What you resist persists is another way that some great teachings talk about it. There's a line from the ancient scriptures that says, resist not evil. And it doesn't mean go ahead and do evil. It just means what you pour your energy into, you're going to get more of. It's like the story from Mother Teresa, they were going to have an anti-war rally, and they invited Mother Teresa to join, and she said, I won't go to an anti-war rally. And they were just shocked. Why why not? You're not for war, are you? And she says, no, I'm not for war, but I'm not going to fight against war. You fight against something, you add strength to it. If you want to hold a peace rally, I'll be there. I want to focus on what I want to make more of in, in this world, in my life. When I resist what I don't like, I add energy to it. Whether it's demons or a gaping maw or evil in the world. And some people say, oh, come on, you think you should just let evil happen? That's not what's being suggested. There's no suggestion that says participate in the evil celebrate the evil, assist the evil. There is only the wisdom that says, if you fight against something, you make it more real, you add energy to it. Rather than fighting against what you don't want, the recommendation, the strong suggestion is, pour your energy into creating the world you do want. And most of us don't realize how, in one way or another, we are actively fighting against that which we don't want and therefore ensuring that there's going to be more of that in our lives today, tomorrow, and the next day. We just don't see it until we slow down and back up and quit fighting and ask to be shown from a different perspective, whether it's an unconscious emotional perspective 
or whether it's from an outside-the-box thinking about a current situation that we've always only and ever seen one way and we don't we've never taken the time to step back and look at that situation from someone else's perspective or from a, an emotional perspective rather than a logical perspective or but that's what we do in the worksheet process we we map out what we've been doing with our conscious logical mind And then we cancel all of that and ask to be shown something else. And what we get shown doesn't just replicate, duplicate, continue the old logical belief system. It throws the door wide open and invites something else into our awareness. So when you have a gaping maw staring at you and you've tried everything you can do to get away from it or conquer it or get through it or get past it, it reminds me of the uh, Mary, Mary Baker Eddy who was a, a, a brilliant woman in the late 1800s here in America and um She had quite a bit of illness, physical illness and then a physical injury and, you know, felt like she was going to die and she ended up barely able to move. But she started reading the King James Version of the Bible and praying and meditating and before long she was healing. And the work she did and the prayer and meditation and the answers she got looks a lot like what Dr. Michael Rice has come to from the Kabor's manuscript and his naturopathic medicine and knowledge of the quantum energies. And it's just amazing how the work, the healing, the prayer, the meditation work that comes out of what, what became Christian science as a, as a body of work. And of course they built a church around it because people do that. But what she what she arrived at was the very same fundamental observation about how life works, about how our thoughts become things, about how our thoughts create our emotions, about how the physical body is directly impacted by our thoughts and emotional energies, etc. And so she had a, a rule that anybody that worked for her had to meditate. I think it was they meditated two hours a day. And at one point in time, they were going to expand the church, build a new building. They'd, they'd created the Christian Science Monitor newspaper that had become one of the most respected newspapers in the world. And, and uh, one of the men that she was had, had working for her came to her and said, I'm, just, I'm so burned out, I can't take it. I've, I've got to stop. I've got to resign. And she said, okay, well, I understand that. That can happen sometimes. And she said, however, before you do, I have a recommendation for you. And the recommendation is that you double your meditation time. And he just about blew up. And he said, aren't you listening? I just told you, I don't have enough time to do everything that's already there in my day. I am working from sunup till sundown. I'm stressed. I'm overwrought. There's too many demands on me. I can't take it. She said, I get it. I understand. 
and I'd be happy to accept your resignation. And I also suggest that before you do that, you try doubling your meditation time. And sure enough, he doubled his meditation time and he didn't have to resign. He got more done with less effort, more efficiently, felt healthier, enjoyed his life more. He dropped the resistance. He changed the way he looked at, interpreted all of these events in his life. And when he changed the way he interpreted these events in his life, they had an entirely different impact on him. Well, that's what we're recommending with the reality management worksheet and, and the core of this, the core tool in this work. If I have a negative thought or a negative emotion active in my mind, the bottom line observation related to this says I can instantly know three things. Number one, it's a lie or based on a falsehood. Number two, it's an old tape playing. It's not about what's going on in front of me. My mind is going to serve up endless examples, proofs, and logics about how this situation in front of me is causing my upset right now. And yet the actuality is it's never about what's going on in the moment. And the third thing I can know instantly is if I sit and spin thinking about it, speak or take an action from it, I'm just going to make my life worse, not better. So when I have a negative thought or a negative emotion, what are my options? Well, one option is I pick up a worksheet. And you can go to your app store, as I mentioned in the intro, and type in the three words, Heartland, Aramaic, Forgiveness, and get access to the Reality Management Worksheet app. The Heartland, Aramaic, Forgiveness app. Completely free and private app. And if you do that, you'll be looking at um, what I pulled up right now is the current seven-step wake-up sheet. So I have one in front of me, and I've had um, had a situation a week ago today where there was a, a meeting, a video meeting, and in the video meeting there was all kinds of mixed messages, probably the best way to say it, mixed messages. It's about a project I've been working on for a number of years, donating my time to lots of time and effort and money, and and. Basically, one message was, everything's going great. And then the next message was, everything's falling apart, and we're basically closing down. So I was dumbfounded in that meeting. I felt like gobsmacked. I didn't know to call them out for all the mixed messages, to just sit. So I ended up just sitting quietly through most of it. And then they said, so what are your comments and thoughts and questions about all of this? And I just said, I'm going to reserve my comments, my questions, until I've got more information. Because right now, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. So the emotion, the, the, the confusion was one one emotion. And it was probably an 8 out of 10. I mean, it was just 
it was enough to just take me from my usual position of um, being rather forthcoming and well-spoken and clear thinking to just being not sure what to say or do without um, and, and all kinds of churning emotions other than the confusion. So so I'm, I'm putting on this worksheet that it's an 8 out of 10 upset because it asks me what my emotional upset level is before I start. And then it, it asks in step one for me to identify myself. I, Tim, who am love, I am experiencing the emotion of, and I'm going to put in here, confusion. And the app reminds me to use a separate worksheet for each emotion, and it reminds me that hostility and fear and all of their stepchildren of fear come from internal corrupt data and indicate my mind's use of sustained incoherence. What that means is I'm doing something to create a problem with my mind energy, and then I think if I just use my mind energy the same way more and more, I'll get rid of it, and it just keeps spinning. Sustained incoherence. And the sustained incoherence is building this belief within me that my confusion is justified by the outside circumstances. It goes on and says, my denial causes my carbon-based memory, meaning just the brain in my head, just this auto-response thing. My brain is like a computer hard drive. It can just record what's poured into it and spit it back out when it's called on. And it causes that part of my, my functioning to displace my experience of myself as my essence, which is love, and it tells me the lie that my emotions are caused by someone or something outside of me, my trigger. My story, my reality, this is uh, 1C, is that um, the group, and there's a group of four people involved, And and my story is they were being dishonest. So I'm going to put, we're being dishonest, sending double messages. And then I breathe and I soften. And the app reminds me that if they're the one with the problem, how come I'm the one with the pain? And 1D says, the truth is only my thoughts cause my emotional upset. So I want to breathe and soften. And the thought I'm using to generate the emotion of confusion in this worksheet is, I just don't get it. How could they not see? All the mixed messages. So I'm typing that in. How could they not see all the mixed messages?
And so, you know, the punishment thought I have, well, how, I, how would I want to punish the group? Um, I, I, I'm going to say by calling them out. I wanted to just, you know, I didn't want to call them out in front of other people, but I wanted to get a hold of them soon after that meeting and say, wait a minute, what, what was this? How, how could you send all those mixed messages and expect a clear response? I don't, I don't have awareness of a punishment thought for myself, but if I did, I would also write that in, in the worksheet. And then the app asks me to do a release where I release and surrender myself. I release and surrender my confusion. I release and surrender the group and my story about how they were being dishonest and my thoughts about how I just don't get it. And my punishment thought for calling them out and I cancel my need to be right. And I cancel my need to make up another story out of these brain cells, out of my past experience as being resonated by the present situation so that I could hallucinate proof that my fear and hostility-based story, that my confused reality is true. So then I breathe and soften, and I choose to love truth, and I choose to willingly face and process out all of the disease-producing energies for and from all of my relations and my generations. And I willingly go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing. And I breathe through that and put check marks in those boxes. And then the third step is I want to identify my desire, the constructive result, the exact goal that drives my pain perception, is I want the group to be honest and transparent. And I breathe and soften into that. And the fourth step is I'm going to choose to reconnect to my essence. I'm going to choose to remember loving thoughts. I'm going to do a little meditation here, breathe and soften and think of the most comfortable, safe, happy, loving memories, whether it's my recent or distant past, and breathe into that until I feel a shift in my heart space. And at a time like this, I most often think about my sons and breathe and soften. And when I feel a shift in my heart space, then I take a nice deep breath and I move on to the next step. And and the app reminds me to, to remember the rose and the butterfly story. And the rose and the butterfly story is about how a rose and a butterfly, they both have an ego, they meet, they fall in love, everything is going beautifully until one day the butterfly, being true to its nature, it picks up and flies away. That's what butterflies do. The rose, mistaking its love for the butterfly as its source, uproots itself to chase after the butterfly and it dies. Why does it die? Because it made something 
other than being connected to its source, more important than staying consciously aware of its connection to its source. And the the message is that's what I'm doing when I'm choosing confusion rather than choosing to stay in peace and serenity and compassion and stay connected to my true nature as love. So the next step is I go to step five. And step five asks me to remember that whenever I'm upset at all, for any, any reason, my perception is being built out of corrupt data. The thing that drives my mind to use that particular data is my goal, in this case, for the group to be honest and transparent. So I put a check mark in that box and I breathe into it and I realize, okay, my goal for the group to be honest and transparent is driving my perception. The next thing I want to put a check mark in front of is the the app is telling me this perception is a limited picture constructed from a max of nine bits of data during the same period of time that research tells us my brain is firing 10,000 units of electrical activity and there's probably 20 trillion bits of data hitting my senses. I'm only able to process nine bits. So then... The app goes on and reminds me that by canceling my goal, my replicate mind's reality collapses and it gives me direct contact with the denied and dissociated parts of my carbon-based memory, which projects and blames others for its content. So I want to choose to hold love conscious, active, and present and breathe into that and I'm going to choose to collapse my mind's lies by willingly canceling my goal, which is the driver for my perception. My goal for the group to be honest and transparent. And I want to invite Ruka. I want to invite this internal source and break off the effects of my errors and thought and guide me to truth and happiness if I just ask it to. I'm going to invite it to incline me toward healing, to restore me to the awareness of my newborn essence as love, to heal my denial, and to heal my capacity to generate confusion, and to help me open a direct conscious relationship with and gently remove whatever's been denied and dissociated and then projected parts of my carbon-based memory. So this is the part where I breathe and I soften and I do the forgiveness pattern. I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. I specifically cancel my goal in this worksheet for the group to be honest and transparent put my conscious logical mind on the shelf and I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating this upset. And I breathe and I soften and I just continue to say I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. And I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating this upset. 
And as I breathe and I soften, I allow myself to be wide open and just let stuff bubble up, just to notice. Anything that comes to mind is perfectly safe for me to see. It's all going to be part of what I need to see to begin to heal here and move forward. So I breathe and I soften and I allow. When I feel something shift or fade, I take a breath. I can I scan my body and I notice the strongest physical sensation or emotion I'm aware of right now and I would say sadness is my emotion. And about the situation, I just kind of, I I had the very clear um, realization that I wasn't actually confused. I was actually trying to avoid the sadness. So I'm just putting that here in the app. I'm avoiding the sadness. And then the app asks me to to be open to hearing or understanding when I have violated that goal. So I'm asking for that, asking to be shown at times when I have not been honest and transparent. Either have chosen to or have failed to. I'm typing that in, which isn't going very quickly, but that will be done in just a minute. And then the next step of the worksheet is to read that it says, the truth is there's a principle of the universe that by giving I first get the original. I'm going to be grateful for this opportunity to heal, and I'm going to choose truth and perfect love and I'm going to structure a loving goal, and I'm going to um, do the worksheet on sadness. That that came up at the end of this worksheet, and I'll be able to get that done before the next waking period ends, and so I won't be carrying undue stress. The next. Part of the worksheet says, I commit to love, to living a human life. And then it asks me to place the initials of and cancel a goal, to be honest and transparent for everybody that I've ever wanted in my life, to be honest and transparent. And there's a little difficulty with the app. It's not really letting me 
get access to that. But I'm moving on to the next part of the worksheet. I breathe and soften, and I say, okay. And it's, it's kind of glitchy right now. It's not letting me move to the next part. But so I will say it's a, a successful worksheet and move to the next. So, comments, questions, answers. Our call-in number is 563-999-3581, area code 269. You're in the air. Who do we have? 269, I turned on your microphone. Are you with us? Did you intend to press 1 on your phone? Area code 828. Magda, is this you? Yes, it is. Hi. Thanks for doing that worksheet. Um, I pressed one because um, you came, it's very interesting that you came up with being aware of the sadness that you were trying to avoid. And when you very first started the worksheet and you had listed confusion as your feeling, I went, what? I thought confusion was a mental process. Um, and I had learned eons ago, probably from you, or if not from Michael Rice, um, that a way to get at the feeling is to say, the fact that I'm confused about this letter you guys sent me um, because I'm confused about this, I feel, and and let the feeling flow from there. So I was very surprised that you used confusion as a feeling, and I'd just like you to respond to that. Give me some more info. I, I just try to do what works, and, and this has helped me over the years. When I have this, you know, some people say, I feel guilt. And I have found over the years I get better results in my worksheets if I don't use guilt as a, an emotion. I have the thought that I'm guilty, that I did this wrong or that wrong. And when I have the thought that I did this wrong or did that wrong, sometimes I feel sad, sometimes I feel angry at myself, sometimes I feel hurt. And so I just try to do what works. There isn't a right or wrong for this. If you've learned that you want to put um, confusion as a thought, and you want to have your emotions, whatever works for you is fine. I use the confusion when I'm just stuck, right? And so that this, I was literally mm -hmm. trying to be a, a good participant on this video call. And every mm -hmm. time I would go to speak, I would just feel like I, there's nothing to say. I would feel shut down. Okay. And my way of making sense of that was I'm just I'm feeling stuck or confused either one would work right I mean in in, in that 
in that internal mental dynamic. And I just kept having this thought, why are they doing this? Why aren't they being honest? Why? And I couldn't figure out why. So that's why I use confusion as the emotion. Okay. And the thought I'm using to generate confusion is, why can't they see how obvious this is? And I went back and there was a, a video of, of the, the Zoom call, and I went back and I watched it all again. And it was all still there. It wasn't like, oh, I, I was so shocked at the original um, statement that then I distorted everything that was happening. It was all there. They, they said this, and then they said the opposite of that. And then they said this, and then they said things that would contra- contradict that. And they said, we're all alive and well, and everything's going great. And then somebody said, yeah, we're like the phoenix rising from the ashes. And then somebody said, well, I don't like the idea of us burning to ashes, but I like the idea of us coming back strong. Well, coming back from what? If you're denying that there's a problem, what are you coming back from? So that I, my mind just kept spinning with all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can and see where... Go ahead. And now, and now, what I can see after this one worksheet is pretty much from the first um, admonition when they admitted there's a serious problem and we're changing this, this, and this, and basically shutting down this, this, and this. I, I, what was really going on for me was sadness. So I, that's where my next worksheets will go. I think that shows the beauty of the worksheet, that no matter what you do, it isn't wrong. It's always right. It's, it's always going to lead to something that's more true, more and deeper, and, and you did that. So I well, totally and it'll, understand. It'll, and it'll take me where I'm, I'm willing to go. That's... that's mm-hmm. Right. You know, if you get that, I, I just as soon as you said that, you know, the beauty of the worksheet, and I, I just flashed on years ago when we were still meeting in the group in person. Mm-hmm. There was a woman who had had come to the group for probably the better part of two years, and had never done a worksheet until so finally she decided to do a worksheet in the support group. And it was gut-wrenching, crying, sobbing, you know, lifelong issue. You know, she completely disregarded the the direction to when you're first doing worksheets, start with a little issue, right? So she dove in the deep end of the pool, and she had this huge, tearful, sobbing, you know, let's get some more Kleenex for her, let's everybody tap while she's crying and support her. and And then... And the worksheet was over, and she said, wow, that worksheet is powerful stuff. Look what it did. And I just burst out laughing, and she got offended. And, and oh. she said, why are you laughing? I said, it's not the worksheet that has the power. That same worksheet's been here for two years, and you haven't, you've refused to do it. The worksheet can't make you do anything. You came in today ready to dive deep into this issue, and you did. Congratulations, right? Don't give the credit to the worksheet. When you are willing to turn and look at your issues, this is a nice tool that can help you there, get there. Beautiful. But what's happening Beautiful. is the process inside you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. Thank you for making that. That's 
really important to remember. It's always an inside job. Yeah, it's like sometimes, you know, have a have a, a therapy session or, you know, be near the end of, you know, some work somebody's doing with me and they'll want to give me credit for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say, listen, please pay attention to what I'm about to say. If you had any idea how many people I have said the same things to who have thought I was crazy, what do you mean tap on my <laughs> face, I'm never coming back here again, I have a serious problem and you want me to put stuff on a worksheet? Are you nuts? I need a different therapist. And they leave and never come back. If you knew how many people I've said the same thing to, you'd start to have an appreciation for the changes that are happening in your life are because you are changing things in your life, not because some magically powerful therapist outside of you or some magically powerful worksheet is transforming your life. Yep, that's beautiful. Remembering that it is a tool and that if it's how we use the tool, if we use the tool, how we use the tool that matters. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Well, okay. Thank you for clearing that so, up. Then. So a couple other yeah. people have raised their hands and they're somewhat familiar yeah. numbers. So I'll leave you on and turn on 541. Celinda? Yes, it is. I'm leaving uh, Magda on, volume on just in case you have I a comment for her. Yes, uh, maybe tomorrow I will be able to do a worksheet with you, Dr. Tim. Um, I was, it's not quite enough time today because I'm still building the brain cells for this process with the worksheet uh, and more clarity within myself. Uh, I wanted to share with you and Magda my perception about confusion. And that is that for me it can be either or any of my three states, my bodily state, my uh, heart space, and my head space. And my So um, for me, one of the things that happens is when I get totally confused, all of my systems just shut down. My understanding shuts down. My perception shuts down everything. I just get in this kind of frozen, confused mass of swirling energy that I can't, that I don't make any sense out of. Um, and this is a long time pattern of mine. So I suspect it was a survival strategy when I was very young, or possibly just because I didn't have the brain cells to understand. Um, as for the group and the inconsistency, coming from the space of being a victim, um, very often I couldn't be, I felt I couldn't be totally honest with others, and it became a habit pattern to, um, to exceed, uh, uh, what is the word I want, to uh, uh, defer into their reality, um, and it put a double-minded state within me, and very often it was just totally unconscious. I wasn't even aware of it. So I don't know if that's helpful for anyone. And I think that has to do with a situation where somebody has felt threatened, at least in me it was, and that if I spoke the truth, 
um, I would be punished severely. So I either was silent and had a double-minded situation come on, or I would manipulate my words in a way that I felt would keep me safe, uh, defer to what the other person wanted. And yet also behind that, I realized I was sending a meta message of what I really felt and really thought. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but um, I've been seeing that more and more in myself. And one of the things Spirit is showing me that uh, I thought I was always really, really honest and valued honesty, but I realized now that um, I did in that place do the very best I could. And now I need to move on and learn more about what true honesty is all about. It's not about blurting everything out or withholding everything, but it's being that single-minded and listening. And so I want to thank you. You're welcome. All of you. All of you. You're very welcome. And And my main tool is asking to be shown you know when I get in a confused state I just I ask to be shown and um, I'll start asking to be shown now on on my goal because I realize I had a great deal of confusion around that and not even knowing where to begin so I, I'll share a worksheet with you tomorrow if you like alright I will turn on the microphone for Susan hey welcome Susan here your your avid listeners here. I felt very involved in the hearing and doing of this worksheet. I was almost doing it with you, and I bet that worked to do it over the radio, at least for a listener like me and maybe the others. It was compelling. I feel as I felt as if I was a participant. It just it was a great idea. And I wondered if you felt that it was helpful to have listeners. Did you, of course, how would you know? But maybe there were some insights that came because you had people listening or not. Well, I don't know specifically about this one, but I do know that, you know, our history with the support groups is that there's a, there's a synergy, there's an energy, there's a, you know, the, the benefit of community that goes beyond words. So I'll, I'll just leave Good. it at that. I mean, it's always been, you know, I've, I've had various people in throughout the support groups over the years who have said things like, I don't know how this is possible, but I, I, I believe I end up being more honest when I do worksheets in the group in front of other people than when I'm at home alone doing them. Mm. And so that kind of thing, you know, has just been always a, an experience that, that there's an, an amplified energy when doing it in, yeah. in a communal setting. Probably that's the best way to say it. No, I love the idea of it being a communal thing. That's, I, um, also, one other question. We There's the phrase, the enlightened goal. And for me, as you did in your worksheet, there wasn't exactly an enlightened goal, but there was a realization that more worksheets were coming up to be done. 
And that's well, my, 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 my right? take on that is this, that I can't be enlightened in any moment when I'm engaged in negative emotions and blaming them on anyone or anything else. Mm-hmm. So when I have an awareness of a negative emotion and I take into account what Dr. Michael Rice teaches about, when I set a goal that I can't accomplish before the end of the next waking period, mm-hmm. I set up stress that I can't yeah. resolve. Mm-hmm. And so I want to set in these worksheets goals in step seven that I know I can accomplish before my either I go to bed tonight or before tomorrow so that I can right. check it off it's accomplished it's not I'm not adding unresolvable stress to my mind mm-hmm. so that's why I work to make the worksheet goals in step seven things that are related to clearing up whatever would block me from being consciously aware of my true nature as love, which then allows me to extend that more easily and directly to others, and to be Mm -hmm. something I can accomplish or not and cancel before I go to bed the next day if I decide not to do that. Mm. So I haven't made it this global thing like I'm choosing the goal of you know, infinite kindness and love to all humanity, well, yeah. I'm likely to not be able to fulfill that goal within the next week. Mm-hmm. Some, some, something is right. likely to happen where I get triggered to an upset and I'm not so loving and kind to someone in humanity. Mm-hmm. And then I've yeah. failed at the goal and I've set up a tension in my mind that I'm, I'm not going to be able to readily, easily resolve. Well, that makes sense. If that makes sense, I hope it does. It does. Um, I, th- I thank you, the three of you, for your comments and questions. I will mute you so you can listen in, and I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I will turn on the microphone for and welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. I appreciate that. I... I just thought I'd let you know while we're here, I was doing a worksheet on the app in this one, and once again, I'm having the glitch in the app where it won't let me close out. So I'm Hmm. on the last page. I'm on an Apple platform, and when it comes down to um, commit to love and living a human life and cancel anytime I've wanted this goal from somebody, the keyboard on my phone comes up. So I can type in a, a number ostensibly for my upset level, right. but I can't see that part because the keyboard is blocking it. If you um, either hit the back arrow or touch the screen above the keyboard, will it uh, drop back down? No. no. Hmm. Okay. I don't use Apple, so I will get a hold of my other Apple phone and I will see what's going on. Oh, now, now I'm. If I go far enough up the worksheet, I can do that. Okay, so it. I have to go right near the top and touch it, and then finally that disappears. Okay, so that's not a, an unworkable glitch. It's just that. Okay. I need okay. to be tapping. 
um, further up on the screen. All right. Well, blessings. Um, Have a wonderful show. Thanks. Okay. Bye. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Tuesday, January the 17th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1. And that puts you in the queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And while I'm waiting on Michael to dial in, I'll just let you know that I have created another page within the website. I'm not finished with it yet. I ha- it's uh, on marijuana and other anesthetics. And I had uploaded a video to YouTube, and then Michael found a fuller video. The one that I had was only like 25 minutes, and he found one that was over an hour. So after the radio show, I will upload. I will have to download to edit it because it's still in the old format uh, like used to be in uh, VHS and so I'll have to turn it into an MP4 and then upload it back to YouTube. So anyway, that'll be up there within the next uh, couple of hours and uh, just look around on the website because we have added several new pages. Uh, There's uh, under healing, you'll find our healing from the ground up, you'll find um, homegrown park, under healing the body, mind, and Avacyn information, there's also detoxing information and nourishment, uh, health issues, um, thoughts cause changes to genes, time is not toxic. We've got several things under there. And then under frequently asked questions, I've got links to several things um, that will pop up. We also did a new page yesterday called Emotions, and that's where Michael's going over um, several radio shows where he's covering different emotions. And um, so you can click on that. And what else did we? We created another page yesterday, and it was on, um, it was a how-to article, and healing and sanity from lessons from the past. So all of those are new articles and new pages that are on the website. So give them all a look. And at this time, I'm going to welcome Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Delighted and honored that you're here. And uh, I actually just got into watching the video on the myths of marijuana that uh, Jeannie was talking about, and we're in the process of working to get it converted so it will go on the site. It's actually a video that we used to use in our educational work in uh, the social justice system in Albany, Georgia, back many decades ago. Social services, pardon me. And uh, we, uh, it, it, the, the man passed away actually in the early 90s. This video is about 40-some years old. I'm not sure exactly. And uh, I just got a part of it to convert. I was able to listen to the first few minutes of it. Remembering uh, his presentation, this man was a, uh, a school teacher uh, who decided to become a physician and became a pediatrician. And then he became a psychiatrist. And he worked in the school systems in Ohio. And the video, actually, when we, I'm not remembering exactly what it cost us, but I think back then to buy it from his uh, organization way back in the 70s, the the dollar was worth just a little bit more than it is, or a little bit, yeah, a little bit more than it is today. Um, In any event, uh, I think if I remember correctly, it cost us something like $1,000 to buy the use of that video. Fortunately, 
uh, or unfortunately, his organization has is no longer around since he passed, but I did communicate with his son and got permission to continue to use the video. But it's interesting, he starts out, he's actually doing a presentation. As a psychiatrist, he worked within the school system for many years, and he would, he you know, starts out by sh sharing that uh, he was acquainted with uh, many children from kindergarten, you know, the first time they started school all the way up into eighth, ninth grade. And uh, when they got into the seventh, uh, eighth, ninth grade, he started to notice their lives falling apart, became rather concerned, but then found out that uh, the ones that he was watching do that were had started on marijuana. But he thought, oh, you know, it's just marijuana. That's not a big deal. And uh, then after really tapping in and seeing the number of kids whose lives were being I guess you could say compromised, if not destroyed. He uh, he began to do some research. Actually, formed a foundation to uh, to carry on research and do brain imaging and such with, uh, especially with developing brains. And one of the questions he asked, and unfortunately the video failed. We've got, as I say, we've got some work to do on it. But I started to watch it uh, just about an hour ago. But he starts out with a, he's in. Uh, A city in somewhere in California in a, in a high school and a bunch of kids in the class. He starts with a question of, you know, how many think if you take, you know, we talk about PCP or heroin or nah, 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 that pot is the least destructive drug of them all. And he repeats that, you know, something like 90% of the class puts their hand up. And then he asks a really interesting question. He says, how many of you are using and kids say, well, probably 75% of us. And uh, he says, how many of you know five kids that have got burnout, which in his language would be organic brain damage from pot? And pretty much everybody in class puts their hand up. And then he really emphasizes that question by saying, how many of you know a kid with diabetes? So unfortunately, a lot of these kids would know because the explosion of diabetes since then, and maybe pot is part of that problem. But he says, how many know five kids with diabetes? No. How many know five blind kids? No. How many know five that are in wheelchairs? No. How many know five with kidney damage? No. How many know five with, with heart damage? No. And he says, isn't it interesting that you know more kids with organic brain damage from pot then all the other diseases combined, and you still think it's okay. And the brainwash that's happened, and, you know, the brainwash has happened because of money. It's not much different if you've ever read the article that I've uh, posted on my Facebook page about uh, aliens coming to Earth and being shocked at uh, humans who have this special cabinet with this special fluid in it that they reserve only for their best friends, their closest friends, and their families. And it's a celebratory fluid called alcohol. And then the article goes on to talk about how 3.3 million people a year die from alcohol abuse in the world. And, you know, I mean, I go into the statistics of how many rapes, how many murders, how many police interactions, blah, 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 blah. And uh, pot, has, we've been brainwashed that, 
pot is a soft drug that doesn't mean anything the same way as, you know, most everybody thinks alcohol, so what? But if you really start looking, you go past the brainwash on both subjects, the, the statistics are astoundingly disturbing. In any event, we'll get that hooked up, and you'll be able to go to the page, and I'm sure Jeannie has already put the page in her notes. There are a couple of other videos. There's a uh, psychiatrist from, um, let me think if I can get my brain back to, she's doing modern uh, research on pot, and she's got statistics on and and double-blind research with kids using and not using, and, and particularly with developing brains, and the disaster that it is on cognitive development and problems cognitive performance. So it might be something that y'all might want to take a look at. And if you've been trained or taught and or have decided that pot is for you, you might want to just really take a look at it and see if that's really a wise decision. Because certainly in the same way that alcohol has been promoted as, oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's, uh, you could go, mm -hmm. it's a big deal, big deal. Really something, and, and of course, when you look at both substances, why do people use them? Because the brains they have, the minds they have, the nervous systems they have, the bodies they have are so filled with pain that they desperately want an anesthetic. That's the only reason an intelligent person would use alcohol. Oh, well, you know, it was just at a party. I just had a, oh, it was just to relax. So I go, excuse me. Here's the only reason anyone would ever use one of those substances. There is so much pain and unresolved trauma within the mind, the body, and the nervous system that they want an anesthetic to escape. So that's my offering, and I offer that, you know, do some forgiveness work and get your brain back, and uh, difference of night and day. So there's a starting point for our conversation, and I thank the young lady who, uh, who opened that conversation for us uh, by letting us know that she was having some challenges with her son, who was unfortunately using pot more than just regularly. And she also had a couple of other questions. Or Actually, I'm going to read the comments that she made and just kind of generally address them. They're not overly... By the way, one of the uh, the pieces of information that the, the second research that I was talking about, and I'm not recalling her name right now, but the links are on the website. One of the things she points out is back in the 60s, the average content, uh, THC content, of um, the pot smoker's uh, weed was about 5 to 6%. Today, the average content is 18% and upwards of over 90% THC. So it might be you know, just interesting stuff to look at. In any event, the, uh, the question, it, it wasn't exactly a question, but uh, the comment that was made in the, in the form of, I would like some support in this regard,
give me just a moment here. I accidentally disconnected my headset. So the uh, the comments that I had or that I wanted to read, and I, excuse me, I'm I'm just I couldn't keep them on the screen with my other information. So I'm having to look it up. And it's just a, a general sort of situation along with her son uh, that involves the the fact that his father has left home, had left home some time ago. And so, question, am I right to think about my husband? I've, I've noticed that my son's behavior is similar to his dad's. I, I maintain the status of married with his father. In other words, she hasn't divorced um, in order to try to maintain a relationship for the sake of the son. Uh, he's been gone, the husband's been gone for seven years, uh, has a girlfriend and their relationship a little bit. Um, she's happy with her son, who unfortunately has started to grow and utilize pot and is watching her son's life become very much like his dad's. And it sounds like there is a lot of negativity, a lot of negative emotion she mentions. And he would like to see, she would like to see the marriage come back together so that her son has a father in the home, but doesn't look like that's something that's happening anytime soon. And so she's saying, I have many issues about it. speaks about his unwillingness to engage in the work. And uh, and then she asks the question, am I wrong to think like this? And my offering in the case would be, it sounds like you have offered the tools to your uh, husband, who's in another relationship now. And it sounds like the goal of healing, doing, you know, one of the things that happens if you remember in the Healing Through Relationships workshop, we talk about the file folder effect. In psychology, the file folder effect is talked about as files that wire together, or fire together, wire together. And so when two different files in the mind wire simultaneously. Let's do an example of that. There are two files, you know, information is stored in the mind in files, so to speak. And there are two files that I know everybody who's listening to us has brain cells for. You've each got a file on these two topics. But unless you've heard me use this example before, you probably never wired them together in your mind. But now we're going to wire them for you. And, and there's nothing you can do to stop it except, well, you could turn off or, you know, walk away from the phone and not listen. But if you're going to continue to listen, you can't unwire it, and, and they're just linked. That's just the way it is. So, so I'm going to just invite you for a moment to not think about a purple alligator. So don't think, you know, I know you've got a file on alligators, and you've got a file on purple, and you probably never thought of one before, but now 
those two files are wired together. And if I started my show tomorrow, and I said, by the way, everybody, don't think about a purple, what would fire in your mind? What just fired just now? Now, if 25 years from now you were on the show, you dialed into MindShifters Radio, and I said, now, everybody, don't think about a purple, something would happen in your mind. There would be a resonance. And although you may not recall what that link is, because in 25 years, if you've never reinforced that link, it's decayed away until it's very weak. However, in the unconscious, purple and alligator are still wired together and will in some way influence the perceptual construct of your mind 25 years later. So my offering, if you think about that file folder effect, as we talk about it in the Healing Through Relationships workshop, if something painful and unresolved in me, even if I'm not conscious of it, you know, if you happen to say a word that resonates an old painful experience that happened in my life when I was two, and I'm not conscious of that, and I make a negative association with what you're saying or doing, let's say you're angry, then I hook that angry perception of you up to that two-year-old experience, and now those files are wired together. And now, for me to experience the pain, the unresolved pain of the two-year-old, all I have to do is be in your presence. Today, tomorrow, two years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now. And if I don't allow myself to become conscious of and become responsible for the pain that I'm experiencing at this moment, then in your presence, I'm going to experience that little blip of pain from when I was two, just by the fact that those two files in my mind, you and that pain from being two, are wired together. Now, if that happens, as often does, because people, you know, by, by the fact that we're born into this world, we're born into the one world religion of blame. Everybody born into this world, pretty, well, maybe I can't say everybody, but virtually everybody is a card-carrying member of the church of blame the one world religion. And it takes effort and conscious, consciously doing one's work to leave that church. It's automatic for most every mind on the planet when they're experiencing pain that they don't want to experience, when they're experiencing pain that they have not resolved, to wire it into their mind's perceptual constructs of whoever is present when they're experiencing that pain. And then they become repelled, not by that person, but by the fact that that person resonates what they've wired into their brain's image. 
And this happens with spouses all the time. That's why it's pretty traditional. You know, people say, well, we just grew in different directions. That's why we're divorcing. Baloney, you grew in different directions. You hooked up your unresolved, unconscious pain to your brain's image of your partner, and you were repelled and repelled a little more and repelled a little more. And if your partner was doing the same, you were repelled still more. If you weren't doing your work, then there comes a point where, you know, we've got a very powerful saying in our culture. It says, it goes, the honeymoon is over. What does that mean? I've reached the point where the links in my mind to you as my partner are more powerfully connected to my pain than to joy, relationship, and pleasure. And people who don't do their work end up, you know, they say, oh, you know, we stay together. We're still together after 60 years. Well, the majority of those people divorced 40, 50 years ago on a psychic level when that tipping point of linking to unconscious, unresolved pain became stronger than the link to the presence of love. If two people are start off on the same foot and are using the tools, this wiring of things is going to happen, but if each individual does their work, then the linking to the presence of joy and healing and aliveness is strengthened by that and the relationship becomes stronger and stronger and stronger rather than linking to the pain, the unresolved unconscious pain that becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So my offering would be, I suspect, after seven years in another relationship, that inviting him to step back in and do the work that motivated him to leave the relationship in the first place is probably going to be a fairly tough challenge. Oftentimes people who go into great deals of trauma and separate and, you know, they don't see each other for 10 years and they come back together and the remembrance, you know, the the links to pain have kind of decayed away and the remembrance of the connectedness and the fondness become stronger and so the attraction is there and once again people who don't have the tools don't or won't do the work to heal oftentimes go back into that relationship and it's long long before divorce happens again so my offering to you would be with that question that you continue to do the work that disconnects and the 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 links to your internal pain to your husband and more generally you know with women it tends to be their relationships with men and with men it tends to be their relationships with women that you continue to free yourself from that unconscious pain and those links so that if the space opens where he decides he wants to step in you'll be more powerfully connected to love to be able to support the renewal of that relationship and or when it's time to let the attachments go with him, that you'll be a more powerfully present space of love, having healed your own 
issues, your own unconscious pain, so that should you choose to enter into a new relationship, you'll be able to do it much differently than what you uh, what you did with your former. So that would be my offering on that point. So I'm, once again, I'm just getting to the... Um, The notes again when I when the screen went off on my phone that page disappeared so give me a moment to just get back there and follow up while you're looking for that I'll just say that I was able to get a longer hour long version of that um, drug tapes marijuana myths and misconceptions uh, downloaded and then re-uploaded to YouTube so that is now available already honey that's awesome I'm just glad you, you didn't ask so me a question awesome. while I was trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so awesome. I mean, and thank I've you got for the other your links. skill in this arena of computers. That's awesome. <laughs> I've got the other links for the uh, Stacy Gruber, um, where she testifies before Congress, and then also the 60-minute presentation at McMaster University. At McGill, so I've got McMaster, those already yeah. on that page as well. So the... The link to that page is going to be in the notes for today, and we'll also have it under um, you know, frequently asked questions, forgiveness tools. You know, I'll stick it out there in several places. Um, watch and listen for free. So, just look around on the website. I try to put those kind of things in various places. You can always, if you can't remember where to find it, there's a little uh, like a magnifying glass up in the top right corner. You can click on that and just type in marijuana or, you know, addiction or whatever. And everywhere that we've got it mentioned will pop up. So that's the easiest way if you can't remember where to find it. Awesome. And so the page on the website now, is that just whyagain.org slash forward slash marijuana? Um, It's marijuana and other anesthetics. But if they type in marijuana, it'll pop up. If they just type in marijuana, marijuana, it'll pop up. But, But I have a different question. If they type in whyagain.org forward slash marijuana, will that take them to it? No, but I can create something to make it forward to there. Okay. That would be cool. Then it's an easy remember for anybody anytime to to connect with. Okay. Cool. All right. So I'm back to the notes. So she's asking if I'll talk about this on the radio show. And... um, She's saying that uh, that her primary purpose in life is her healing. And one of the things that you might want to do, and I know that the English is not your first language. That's why some of this I'm I'm reading uh, in a little bit of a sketchy way. But one of the things that you might want to do if your son is good with English is you might want to download the forgiveness app uh, you don't tell me in notes just what uh, how many years your son has been circling circling the sun, so I don't know what uh, age he is. But you might want to take him into the app and do the Dragon Klingon game, introduce him to that. That might be a way to open a gentle conversation around forgiveness. You know, I, as I understand what you'd written, uh, the tendency is for him to go into a similar state to that of his father 
when you try to bring up uh, some of these issues. So the Dragon Klingon game in the Forgiveness app. So if you go to your app store on your phone and type in Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, Aramaic Forgiveness, then download the app. And there are two different versions of the worksheet in the app. And there's another um, application or another uh, version called the Dragon Klingon game, and it's basically for kids uh, to teach them forgiveness. And so it walks through, teach them awareness, how to be consciously aware of their own emotions and such. So it's a powerful way to introduce kids to, uh, to the whole concept. So that might be another possibility. And then, of course, those uh, three video links might be useful to, uh, to look at as you go to whyagain.org forward slash marijuana and other anesthetics. Oh, I've already and, changed it. So all they have to do is put marijuana. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Thank you, sweet. You're amazing. You are amazing. So that's uh, that's kind of the uh, the scoop on marijuana. So now that video is available. As I say, when we first uh, started to use it, we paid them a fee of $1,000. I think that was it. It might have been more, but I know it was a goodly chunk of money to be able to use it. And uh, since he passed, I uh, I communicated with his son, and uh, his son did give us permission to go ahead and, and make it available. So as we do with everything that we do, we make it available free. So it's out there. Give it a listen. It's uh, it's good education. And beyond that, Miss E, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? No, it is all quiet. So we have 30 minutes. If somebody has a question, press 1. It puts your hand up. There's no waiting. We've got plenty of time. Cool. So if you're out there in listener land, our call-in number... It's 563-999-3581. And if you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And then if you have a question for us or a thought, if you push one, that raises a hand in the control panel, and we'll be having a conversation. And we've got about half an hour left to continue those conversations. So if you have a thought for us, how can we support you? What's on your mind? Again, five six three. And someone, go ahead, sweet. Someone had asked if the uh, video was going to be available. Um, if it, the Skype meeting around the Aramaic had gotten uh, recorded, and we haven't got that yet. We don't know yet whether they recorded it or okay. not. We were guests in that Skype meeting, so we weren't doing the hosting of it. Yeah, I put a call in to ask the question, but I got no answer, so I left a message. So hopefully you'll get back to us, and uh, we'll be able to uh, to get that um, put on our website as well. Maybe I don't know how many, there's no hand up yet. Announce about uh, what's coming up maybe this summer. Yeah, let's talk about this summer. It looks like we have a uh, we haven't confirmed it 100% yet but we have a group that wants to use heartland for a uh, teachers training type workshop for the work of rudolf steiner and if you're familiar with waldorf education that's uh, rudolf steiner's work so it looks like we're going to be opening heartland i hadn't planned on doing that but this group wants to uh, to get together and do that 
And so we're looking at if they confirm that, then we're probably going to do a, about a two-week work week uh, process. You know, some many of you over the years have come to Heartland and done either an intensive or done work week with us. So we're going to do that where we'll bring people together in the uh, at, at Heartland, and this will probably be somewhere in around mid-July uh, for a two-week period to you know. The center's been closed for three years now, around four years, and so to just get the property in shape, get things cleaned up and ready to go, uh, we're looking at perhaps plugging in a nine-day why is this happening to me again intensive. And what I'm thinking, you know, because of COVID, we were not going to open, but what I'm thinking is that we'll make it a requirement that everyone test, and then we have a friend, uh, you've heard us talk about, Dr. John Laurence, and he has a nasal spray that uh, is um, really very powerful at keeping nasal passages free and clear of any kind of virus or bacteria or anything else. It's a fairly strong spray, uh, but I'm thinking that maybe we'll make part of the attendance. Each person will get a bottle of that spray and we'll ask people to use it regularly so it's as safe as we can possibly be so that everybody would be tested prior to arriving, that we'd make it a requirement that everybody do a test and uh, and show up with a, you know, a, a result that shows they have a clean test. And then we'll use that product. And uh, so it looks like we'll do, and then maybe a nine-day, why is this happening to me again? Or if we get enough requests, you know, we had spoken about doing uh, a 20-week uh, teacher training, that's normally a 16-day intensive at Heartland, we could perhaps even do the 16-day teacher training if uh, if we've got a request from enough people who want to attend the live workshop. So I'll leave that in everybody's hands if you're interested to get back to, to me if you've got my number or email and or drop Jeannie a note, J-E-A-N-I-E at whyagain.org. If you drop her a note and give us your name and phone number and the, indicate what you're interested in, then if we get enough interest, then maybe we'll go ahead and do a live teacher training. Uh, and we're still looking at, we've had a couple of requests that we do that via Zoom, and so we're still looking at how that timing might work out. So if you're interested in participating in any of that, and if you happen to be interested in Steiner education in the uh, Waldorf method, and I don't have all the details, we don't ha actually have that confirmed, we're kind of like at a, the 90% point, they've said, yeah, we're planning to go ahead and do it, they had to go back to their people and, and confirm with them. Uh, but if somebody's interested in that, I suspect they would probably make room in their um, Steiner meeting for people to join as well. So. Steiner is one of the educational systems that's out there, Waldorf Education, that's kind of a, a parallel to uh, Maria Montessori's work, Montessori Education, so some similarities, but a, a different philosophy of energy and life and healing and such. So so that's kind of what's, uh, what's popping up for this summer. Um, unfortunately, Jeannie will be staying here with baby and dad as I go and do that. So we'll just see how it all unfolds. And beyond that, if you're out there in listener land, how can we support you? What's on your mind? 
563-999-3581. We've got 25 minutes. And we have lots on our plate. So if we don't, I'm complete with everything that I wanted to share today. So if we don't have anybody that has a question for us, then I'm going to be ready to say, let's get on with our other projects for the day and let our conversation, I'd much rather continue with anyone who's got a question or thought or something they'd like to share. But if nobody has a hand up or nobody's interested in uh, continuing the conversation, then I think for today we'll let the show go. What do you think, Jeannie? Do you have anything else in mind? Um, I don't have I just checked to see if I had gotten any questions from anybody, and I have not, so I don't have anything else either. Okay. Well, let's just say thank you to everybody for joining us, and uh, we're going to move on and take care of the errands that we need to do, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mind Shifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.